I used to, uh, I didn't like, I wasn't very outgoing as a kid. And so when I got to college and I would have to start doing these like speeches because I was a communications major, yeah. I would do yeah. these, you too. Mm-hmm. So I would have to do a lot of public speaking and it was a little intimidating for sure. But I also DJed on the side. So I had this thing where I would like close my eyes and just envision myself on like a big stage, like everybody's rolling balls, everybody's hammered. And then I like open my eyes. Now I'm like, are you ready to fucking party? <laughs> and then like, boom, I'm like, hello, my name is Josh Irwin and I will be talking about blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, there's just 20 people in here. You guys are all losers. <laughs> Go <fuck> yourselves. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right. All right. With that being said, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone, to Bunch of Podcasts. Again, I am Josh Irwin, your host this evening, along with my man Rafa Rusi. Rafa, how you feeling this evening? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. I'm glad to my hear that. My family's coming back in a couple of days, which is very exciting. Thank goodness. Can I look for days with fewer texts from you talking about yes. this, that, the other thing? Yes, yes. All right. We'll and go back to being like friends with lives, not just like... <laughs> Step brothers. <laughs> you can look forward to that. My wife, not so much, though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, it is Tuesday evening. Unfortunately, Cantina had to close this evening because we had a little bit of a water issue. The water got wiped out by the storm last night, the well, and got shot. And so we have to replace the well. But we will be back tomorrow, which for when you guys see this will be last week. So totally relevant and yet not relevant at all. <laughs> but I'd like to welcome to our podcast this evening, some very special guests of ours who have been grinding right out of our opposing window for 12 weeks now. That's it. So welcome Gene and Carly to Bunch. Thank you. We're Thank you. Super happy to have you here. So these two have been, I'm, I'm excited for this podcast because Gene, we've, you know, we've spoken about a number of things over the past year and a half, two years, uh, and I remember when you first brought this to, I don't know if it was my attention or someone else's, or we were having coffee, talking about this, and, and I've been pretty full out out in New Marlboro, but then on occasion I come downtown and I see, holy shit, he did it! <laughs> So I, I'm assuming we have to give all the credit to Carly, uh, of course. but we'll hear about that this evening because you guys have been putting on quite the busking uh, events here on Railroad Street. And although I have not gotten the full nine to five, uh, you know, see the whole thing through, I'm excited to hear what's been going on, what's been working, what hasn't been. But please sure. tell me a little bit to start us off about yourselves. Uh, what's your background and what brought you here to the Berkshires? Carly, why don't you go first? Yeah. Sure. Well, uh, I was born in the Berkshires, so I was here from my parents. Um, I went to school at Siena College, and then I graduated in 2021, came home, was kind of looking for something to do here over the summer because I figured it would take a while to, you know, get the, the post-college gig going. Found Berkshire Busk, and it just kind of hit all of my marks for something that would be fun to do in the summer just as a part of the production team. Uh, I met Gene. He saw that I had this English communications background, saw that I had done radio at Siena and said, hey, we've been thinking about, you know, doing live streams on our Instagram. Uh, would you want to do that while you're helping us out this summer? I said, of course. And now I'm fully involved being general manager and, and helping Gene run the thing. That's Where did you go to high school? Uh, Taconic up in Pittsfield. Oh, OK, cool. Cool, cool. Well, welcome yep. back. Awesome. And did you have any experience with like performing arts and fun, wild stuff like you guys are putting on now before? 
Oh, I mean, I was absolutely a theater kid. (laughs) (laughs) As uh, embarrassing as that can be. Um, (laughs) And I had kind of continued doing that a bit in college. Like I was doing a work study in the theater. I started as a theater tech and then was doing a little bit of audio production. And I had also been uh, doing some music journalism type internships. Like I had always been interested in you know, being around live music. My dad was actually a local musician around here in the Berkshires uh, well before I was growing up and a little bit when I was younger as well. Um, So that was always part of being in the Berkshires to me was, you know, going to these live gigs and checking out the people who who live here. That's awesome. And Gene, you've got you've got a a history that I don't think we have time to get into (laughs) fully today. You know, writer, designer, this, that, the other thing. But but give me give me the abridged version so we can talk about what you're up to these days, because you're like me. Just on to the next one. my man. So I I I started my sort of educational life uh, thinking I was going to be a professional cellist. I, I went to high school. I grew up in New York area. I went to high school regular public school, but I went to Juilliard mm. in, on the weekends. Um, and I was about a year or two behind Yo-Yo Ma. So I've known him since we were teenagers. Wow. And not well, but I know his name and I heard him play. And I was I knew maybe I shouldn't be a professional cellist because if that guy could play like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I went to um, Oberlin Conservatory in college and I was somewhat entrepreneurial. And I did all sorts of entrepreneurial things. I ran the radio station. I ran a touring program. And I got out of that and got involved in the arts in New York City. And I was, uh, for a time, the executive director of the American Symphony Orchestra, which is a orchestra that symphony orchestra that performs at Carnegie Hall and Lincoln Center and tours. And so I had a lot of arts management experience. I then made a left turn. I went to business school, got an MBA, worked in corporate America. And, and really, the beginning of what I would consider my entrepreneur's journey was when the internet got started. I started an internet company to try to put the arts on the internet, and AOL was our first investor. This was, in the, this was the early days of the internet before... You've got mail. You've got mail. <laughs> we, we were running a tech company, and we were actually selling Broadway tickets on AOL before anybody even knew that it was a thing. Wow. So I got involved in the tech business, and I've now since then done essentially two or three, depending on how you want to count it, tech companies. The most recent one was a company that provided ticketing, fundraising, and marketing software, back office software, for cultural organizations, including the Mehewi here in, in, in the Berkshires and six or 700 other organizations like that. So I got, I got out, of the, out of the music performing business and I transitioned to the management side and then became an entrepreneur, but all the while intertwining what I was doing in business with the arts. Right. And so um, I, I ran that business for the t- some total of like 15 years. And uh, ultimately, we, we exited that building to private equity company. I stayed on for a while. And all of that coincided with COVID. And after I essentially finished that stint, and, and I'm like, OK, what am I going to do next? I, have, I built a house here 10 years ago in Great Barrington. I love spending the summers here. I'd go to cultural events. And I was invited uh, the summer of the first year of COVID. Richard Stanley at the Triplex didn't have any movies going. So he created that courtyard with tables and chairs. And he offered the opportunity for bands to play on the, on the kind of veranda. Mm. And I got invited to sit in with one of the bands. 
And it must have been the end of August. The place was humming with people during a time when all the restaurants were closed. We're sitting there. It's a beautiful Berkshire evening. The sun is setting, and I'm playing in this band, and I'm thinking, this is magic. This is like, oh, my God, my head kind of exploded. And then I'm being an entrepreneur. I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe we could. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the inspiration for the whole you, you you crack the cello. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. What's the uh, what's what's the thing? The the, yeah, you crack the bow and you're like, I have an idea. <laughs> it's time to get to work. So what? And I'll just I'll add one tiny caps cap to that. At the end of that summer, I sat. I I got a meeting with Mark Pruhensky, the town manager, mm-hmm. and I sat down and I kind of described this idea, fully expecting, fully expecting him to say well, you know, there's a problem with this and your insurance and the police and the this and the select board. So this wasn't your first time in the town hall? <laughs> so, so I expected that conversation and Mark looked at me and he goes, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Why don't you just do it? <laughs> and, you know, me, I had already just run a business and I'd been an entrepreneur where basically, you know, a lot of people say the definition of an entrepreneur is that somebody that sees something that they would like to happen in the world and they say, well, why not? Yeah. So he said that, and that's all I needed to hear. And suddenly we sort of whipped this thing out of nowhere. And obviously we got a lot of support from the town, from businesses, sponsors. A, a lot of the key people stepped up. And, of course, for me, the great thing was that I got to meet all of these people. Everyone, Robin from Robin's Candy and you and Mark Firth. And, and, and so I suddenly became part of the community in a way that I had never been. Anyway, that's a longer answer. No, 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 not at all. But but great, great slide in and in seeing an opportunity and all of a sudden, you know, not not just building it, but immersing yourself in it. And now I I didn't even know your history. And I just thought of you as Gene. Yeah, he's a GP guy, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So so good on you for, uh, you know, for for catching up real quick and and setting yourself in there and being comfortable in that role. Well, it's it's. um, I've learned that when you put businesses together or any projects, you need a couple of key people that are going to put the wind at your back. And if you don't have that, then you feel like you're just pushing a big rock up a hill. Or pulling. Or pulling. You know this, right? (laughs) So I, I felt like I had a couple of key people here that were supporters. Eric Brune, for instance, at SoCo, I went to chat with him. Mm -hmm. And he just smiled and said, what fun. Of course, you have to do this. And he sort of gave me the, you know, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that enough so that it didn't stub my toe. Mm-hmm. And and then um, the other big surprising thing was that this was a year ago or more than a year ago when we had no busker. I knew there were performers around. Yeah. I had no idea. The depth of the artists that were around had no idea. Yeah. But we started to put some promotion up on on Facebook. We spent a little bit of money, but I got a friend of mine got a band. And as long as this is going to be airing, there's a band called the Rollin' Rust. When are they coming back? Uh, I guess for everybody else, it'll be last week because they're coming this Saturday when we're recording. Okay. So look them up on YouTube. They did a kind of spoof song about applying to perform at Berkshire Busk. (laughs) And we put it all over the internet, and then we're very close, I'm very close with the folks that are working with James Taylor, and the James Taylor team promoted the Berkshire Busk on the James Taylor Instagram, which has a quarter of a million followers. Yep. 
And we heard from people. Well, anyway, we got a hundred applications in like three weeks. Wow. Yeah. So they came out of the woods out quite literally. Literally. And it hasn't stopped. Like we get, I don't know, a couple of, we're not even yeah. promoting it. And we get a couple of people a week now. Wow. Okay. So t- take me back a little bit. And Carly, maybe this is a great place for you to hop in. Tell us what is Berkshire Busk? Because for those that don't drive through Great Barrington between five o'clock when they start shuffling the cars off of Railroad <laughs> Street to whenever the show ends, um, it, it's kind of like a poof and you see the words, but you have no idea what's going on. Right. We are a music and street performance festival. So what that means, if you were going through Great Barrington at this time, you would see musicians of all kinds. Like we've had violinists, people with guitars like you would expect, like flamenco dancers on the side of the road, jugglers, people's twisting balloons. We just line up all these people all up and down Main Street and Railroad Street. And the whole concept is basically that they're out there playing for tips. You know, we do give them a stipend, but the the true nature of busking is just putting yourself out on the street for tips. Mm. Well, that in and of itself is, is like hugely helpful because it, and again, I'm, I've been too absorbed in my own world to, to be paying attention to too many other things at the moment. But like now, the next time I come in to great Barrington on a Friday or Saturday night, I'm going to show up with a bunch of fives knowing that like, that's the goal. Like it's, it's not like, Oh, there's something going on. Let's just go down there. But we should all be intentionally supporting these people coming in with coming in with fives hot and knowing that, you know, one here, one here, one here. You know, of course it's free to, you know, we don't like put up barriers and charge entry to come in. Everyone's just spread out throughout downtown. We want you to walk around and, you know, go into the restaurants and go into the stores and stop at our musicians. So by not having an entry fee, our hope is, you know, that that money goes to the community and the people who are are coming and playing for us. All right. So bring your cash the next time you come down to Great Barrington <laughs> team. All right. Make sure that happens. Now, I'll add I'll add one one um, uh, addition to what Carly just described, which is that on this as a as an additional experiment this summer on Railroad Street on Saturday nights, we decided to expand the concept of busking to actually create two fixed stages on either side and sandwiched between them, we invited vendors to come and sell everything from cookies to carved soap to all of the stuff that you find at at art fairs. And so Railroad Street on Saturday night from 6.30 to 8.30, actually all the way till 10 o'clock, is like a block party. We've got, and we have a band starts in lower and then they, go up towards moon cloud and they play and then they switch back and people walk around and it is just the vibe is in it's we did it the first weekend which was what the 10th of july or something yep now we when we were raising money uh for the festival this year we had a presentation and we just grabbed a picture off the internet of a street fair with booths and we said here's our inspiration Mm-hmm. And we, we actually pulled it off and I looked at Carly and like, this is it. Yep. This is it. This is just what we wanted. <laughs> so that's what I would encourage folks. Like if you walk by and you see these blow up arches, those are our stages. And we've got vendors selling stuff and it's just a great energy. And then people stay on Railroad Street. We have musicians playing until 10 o'clock at night. We have people singing on the street almost every week. It's, it's a fantastic feeling. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So... I'm curious to know, you seem to have, and as you said, you have some people giving you some wind in your back, uh, but you seem to have had a pretty quick 
turnaround from idea to actuality. <laughs> and I've even noticed from, because last year was the first year, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. And so yeah. last year was, was a little bit more spread out. It was more yeah. pop, 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 pop things going on. And now it feels much more concentrated. And definitely I can see that same image of a street fair in my yeah. head. I mean, my New York City days, if you were walking down the street and the street was closed and you saw the guy with sausage and peppers in the, un- in yes. the, uh, yes. in the yeah. window of his little yeah. trailer, I was like, yo, we are taking this street <laughs> <laughs> and helping ourselves to a good time. Yep. Um, so you've, you've kind of gotten there very quickly. And I'm curious, like, what what were the things that really helped you speed this process up? I mean, it's pretty advantageous just to get it going. Uh, where did the where did it all kind of come together? And and did you feel like there was a stop point? And where do you feel like you are as far as on the path towards that that final goal? Um, I I guess I would say I'll give you two answers, and Carly could weigh in on this too. Um, <clears throat> When I conceptualized this, it almost, I don't know how, honestly, it was a subconscious thing. Let's say, oh, we're going to have a bunch of these groups and, and let's have a, a program guide and let's have these kind, you know, and let's have a kid's day. And I don't know where it came from. Many people said to me, well, how did you know how to do this? And I don't think it was conscious. It was just seemed, now, there were many things that we did last year that we said, oh, we'll never do that again. Like, for instance. Like what? Yeah, I want to know. For instance, you'll love this. So we have these sandwich boards that have our sponsors' logos on them. And last year, we thought, well, we'll, we we need to get people to know where the busker locations are. Yeah. Well, how are they going to see that? The only way to do that is to have helium balloons. So... Why not get helium balloons and then attach them to the to the sandwich boards so that when you look down the street, you see these helium balloons floating in the air? Well, that sounds like a great idea. First of all, <laughs> first of all, finding helium in Great Barrington, not so easy. We had to yeah. make a deal with Car Hardware. They had to get it from Pittsfield. We had to get them to stay open late. They had then I had then. Or Carly's walking around either popping 40 balloons at 10 o'clock at night or getting mobbed by at least 60 kids when you know that there is not going to be enough balloons that everybody So is that here. what that shooting report was last year that I, from that weird night at Moon So, Club? you know, we didn't, no and, and the, you know, when you say, oh, by the way, could you go blow up 30 balloons? I mean, yeah. we didn't do the balloons again because it was like a great idea that came from somewhere. But to answer your question, like, I, I, I don't know where it came from. I don't know where the the idea of the of the vendor. It just seemed like a natural thing. Um, how did it come together so quickly? I I I, th- I think um, that the idea sort of came very quick. I didn't fully comprehend, and this is part of my own sort of the way I work. I I never really think that things are as hard to do as they actually are, usually by a factor of two to one. <laughs> like, I have the idea. I'm like, oh, yeah, this will be no problem. But I allow myself to have the idea, right? And then later I cut it down, but I allow myself to think of, and that's what happened with this. It's like, oh, we're going to do this and this and this and this. And then later and then this year, we're like, okay, we're not going to do the balloons. And there's some other, th- like, so, but, but that, that was, that's part of it. I would say the other part of it, to, to kind of the dark side is that last year from, I would say, the middle of, I, there was a moment where we started, ra- I started raising money. This was a year ago 
um, in January of that year. And it was January, February, and March as I was raising money. I was COVID, so there was nothing in person. I was calling and emailed people that I didn't know, that didn't know anything about who's this guy with this crazy idea. Oh, that's how we met the first time. It was an email followed up with a Zoom call. Yes, you yes, know, and yes. Which was exactly that, just like out of left field, being like not quite sure what's going on here, but <laughs> let him run. Right. Have the idea. So, so I, I did all of that, but we had to, there was a, a moment of truth, and it came at about March, where I had raised, you know, like half of what I thought we would eventually need, but we had to commit. Like, are we doing this or not? Because we had to start getting a team together. I had to get buskers, all of that stuff. So basically, I made the decision, and it would have been March of 20, like, okay, we're going to do this. And then I don't think I slept a full night from that middle of March till easily the end of June. Like, I was up at 3 o'clock in the morning thinking, oh, my God, I didn't think about this, and what about this? And and because we're doing everything for the first time. Yeah. Oh, we have to get a poster. Oh, we have to get a designer. Oh, we have to get a website. Oh, who's going to build the website? Who's going to do the email? Can't... It was overwhelming, but of course, having been an entrepreneur, like you just grind through and you do the work. So yeah, I can vouch for that because um, <laughs> I remember I found the position for like getting involved with Berkshire Busk on Indeed. I think I applied at seven o'clock at night on a random day and I woke up to an email from him at three in the morning <laughs> asking if I could meet with him at like 2 p.m. that day for an interview. How's <laughs> <laughs> coffee tomorrow postmark today? Yes and I had I had friends that stayed with me friends some friends came up from New York who stayed with me I guess it was the week or two before we started last year so it would have been mid-June and they, I was up at like 5.30 in the morning, and they came, they stayed with me, and they got up at 8, and I had already been working for like two or three hours, and they looked at me, and they said, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what is going on? Now, I will say, a year later, you know, we're in a much better place, but, you know, being, as you know, but for starting anything, it is a 1% inspiration, and then 99% just hard grit, work, hard work, hard work, all of that. So... You now have this, what I feel like I want to call bigger infrastructure for this year. It just feels like things are more official. It, it's more grounded and whatnot. And it's starting to look like what it is that you, you, you're envisioning and what your goals are. How are you, how are you maintaining uh, like feedback and how are you gauging what the response is in order for you to make? Because I, yeah. I, I know immediately just by the fact that you've talk about waking up and freaking out about things that you're we speak the same language and like <laughs> got to get to the final destination like can't be living in in halfway land um so i guess the question is twofold number yep. one from the community at large being the people that are walking up and down the streets and number two from the people that have been here like on on the street the business owners it's so cool that eric and i know a lot of people immediately got behind you but how what what have been the ways that you're actually knowing are we on course do you want to start yeah i mean for one thing we've had people out on the streets you know in terms of just getting a view from the public we've had people taking surveys we probably get somewhere between 10 and 20 surveys a night twice a week. So, you know, we've known that, you know, the the feedback has been really positive this year and that a bunch of people, as opposed to last year, are now saying that they're coming into town specifically to come see us. That's great. Yeah. And I can actually, I can give you some data. I'm not totally prepared with the data, but I will say 
that that one of the key questions in the survey, and we have now over 300 surveys, so right. it's a pretty good sample. Yeah, F just under 40 percent say we say, how did you end up at Berkshire Busk? And you know, it could be I'm coming for dinner, I'm shopping, I just happen yep. to be. Forty percent say I specifically came because I heard about Berkshire Busk. That's great. Which is a great number for us. Then the other questions that we've been asking are. Um, are you planning to spend money when you're here on dining and buying stuff? 90% mm -hmm. say yes. And we're asking, like, on average, how much do you think you're going to spend? And the numbers are somewhere, I don't know, the real data, but it's like 50 to $75. So what we know is if you take the total number of people that we think will come for the whole summer, which I think that number is going to be north of 5,000 people, probably maybe as many as 10. Mm -hmm. and you take 40% of that and you multiply it times the dollars they say they're going to spend. We're creating real economic activity. Yes. And that was part of the, the thing. So, But we also know, because we ask a question, and it's a leading question for sure, and I, I should give some credit to Anne O'Dwyer at Simon's Rock, who teaches there, and she, one of her skills is in marketing research, and I have an MBA in marketing, so I know a thing about that. We ask a question that says, to what degree does Berkshire Busk improve your perception, how you feel about Great Barrington? Mm. You know, 90% of the people say a four or a five. Yeah, so what we, we know to the public is like, they come here and like, what a cool town. And we also know from the, from the comments, because we put an empty box. So we get a lot of positive feedback and these are random. Like we don't, nobody signs yeah. up. We just walk up to somebody and say, would you do the survey? So that's. Yeah, Simon's Rock students come down and do surveys for us and volunteers will as well. So that's how we're getting the feedback. Now, funny that you should ask about the, about the, about the sort of the infrastructure. We just had a, we had a kind of a planning meeting this morning with a bunch of the, you know, the, somebody from the select board, the town manager, a bunch of the retailers. Basically, we started, I started the meeting by saying, look, should we do this again? Is it working? And, and if so, why? And of course, they, I didn't actually, I'm always asking myself, are we doing as much? And whatever? But the, the feedback we got from them was extraordinarily positive. Richard Stanley, you know, who, who's been in this community for 40 years, I, forgive me, Richard, if I get it wrong. Yeah. But, but Richard always tells the stories like it used to be at eight o'clock on a Saturday night, this town would be completely shut down. And now you come on a Saturday night and there's people out on the street and there's, and it's alive. Yeah. And so I think people really, you know, one of the goals was to create a space for everyone to come together. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pay a ticket price. Right. You can just come. You don't even have to buy anything. You could just come and enjoy. Yeah. We see parents with kids. I'll tell you, mm -hmm. one, of the, <laughs> one of the biggest innovations of the year, I, and this came from our survey, chalk. Oh, uh, yeah. I've, 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 seen, I've seen kids going wild with it. Chalk. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like catnip for kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had This no, episode is brought to you by Chalk. Chalk. Catnip for kids. I, we had no idea, but what chalk does is you, and all we do is we put six or eight pieces of chalk in a little plastic bin on the ground. Don't say anything to anybody. And a half an hour later, there's 20 kids on the street. The parents are sitting and chatting with each other. They're listening to the music. The kids are busy. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's fabulous. Well, 
I'm so glad this is going well for you. And I want to say thank you because Rafa and I started this podcast after having coffee together one day and just being like, why can't more cool shit happen? <laughs> right? Am I wrong? Perfect, perfect description of our Like, we're like, why can't more cool shit happen? And we were saying that as adults, as men, as community members, as parents, and just trying to think about, like, what, you know, you, you go up to Burlington and you go up to Portland and there, there feels like there's activity, there's energy, there's entertainment, there's culture. And we just felt like everything was a little flat. And I think you went ahead and took a street that has an enormous amount of history, an amazing community behind it, but still felt flat. And you gave it some third dimension. Well, which is awesome. Thanks. Yeah, which no, it. which is awesome. And I, and I love to see just the wheels turning and, and, and so many different I mean, it's it's not just musicians anymore. In fact, uh, who's who's coming this week? Uh, Harold McGee. What's no, his no, name? Wacky so Chad. Wacky Chad, who's a stunt pogo stick act that, and he performs at, at at Faneuil Hall. One of the great things I should mention is that we kind of got discovered by the Faneuil Hall professional buskers. These are magicians, aerialists, acrobats, circus performers. I mean, we did see, I was tipped off to get in touch with a couple of them, and then they all talked to each other. And they're like, let's go check out this Berkshire Busk. And all of them, 100% of them, they're all coming back this year, each, yep. each one different week. We had Darren Young here two weeks ago. And these people bring the level, I mean, they are pros. And so that's the other level of street performers. When you get a real professional street performer, it's just it's just amazing to see what happens. When are we going to see the tightrope rock across from uh, one side of Railroad Street to the other? I'm happy to volunteer my building, you know, as as landing zone. Actually, you know what? I want to be the takeoff. I don't want to be the. Do you want to do it yourself? I mean, we're in the market for more talent. I mean, I, I you know I, I got good balance, but not like that. You know? Speaking of talent, I was going to ask both of you yeah. if. Uh, um, have either of you or both performed yet? And if not, why and when will we see? Yes. <laughs> yes. Great this question, Because You both have, uh, you know, you have your, your theater background and everything, and you're a musician, so. Break out the cello. Cool. This is a much better question for Gene than me. There is a reason why I have placed myself behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> no, the lights are shining. Just, just because you did it doesn't mean that you're good at it. <laughs> That's a good quote write that one down put that in my personal quotes all right so yeah. the the carly's backed me into the corner the truth is that i um i've befriended uh, a, a band leader here in the berkshires by the name of marianne palermo she has a band called first take and i that that it is that band that i sat in with on the on the veranda of of the um triplex so marianne is playing on the last weekend and mm -hmm. she's been bugging me to sit in with the band on our last weekend, which will be September 3rd, Saturday night. So I'm thinking that that might be my 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 debut on Railroad Street. Oh, nice. man. Yeah. Let's promote the hell out of that, Rafa. <laughs> let's, let's, let's make there be a huge, huge... I'll turnout. literally come in with a camera <laughs> and shoot it. It's going to be fabulous. That's awesome. Uh, all right, what else do we got here? I wanted to know um, what the future goals are. And again, you know, seeing we now have a nice collection going on of a variety of different aspects. I also want to know, yeah. in your words, what the definition of busking is, because I remember the first time we chatted, I was just like, I, I still don't know what you want until we actually sat down and, and spoke about it. Yeah. 
So tell well, me that think, first and then tell me where, where, what busking in 2023 is going to look like for us. So the traditional definition of a busker is a street performer that performs for tips. And it's a, it's a tradition that you will find in Europe quite wide. The, the, there, there is a real tradition of street performers in, in more than in the United States, actually also in Australia and New Zealand. Hmm. It is not as widespread here in the United States. So definition of busking, as long as you're out on the street performing and you have a tip jar and, and you'll see the Faneuil Hall ones, they are professionals at getting tips. They, they know better than oh, anyone yeah. how to ask for a tip and get people to give them tips. Uh -huh. So that's what busking's about. Um, I, I mean, I'll give my answer to, to this. I mean, we, we, it's, it's funny that we're doing this um, session today because we just had a meeting this morning all about yeah. thinking about the future. And two things, I think, come to mind. One is it's hard for me to conceptualize like we're only in year two. It is, in many ways, it's still an experiment. Mm -hmm. And on some level, there are things that we already know this year that we want to do differently next year, but we've got to wait till next year. Yeah. So really, it won't be until a year from now that we'll know if the things that we're thinking about now get fixed. So it needs time to develop. And I think we've definitely gone from one level to another. We've done incredibly well. Um, I think uh, that you know my answer, I mean, I think on... I'll give you two answers. One is we are we are striving um, to I don't want to say operationalize, but we're learning what it takes to pull this event off, and we need to figure out how to staff it. You you know this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? I can see it in both your eyes when you said that. You're like it can be done at our own cost. <laughs> which which this year this year it is being done. At our own cost, and I'll give you a great, but I'll give you a great example <laughs> of how great this town is and how the wind is at our back. So the first weekend that we had the two stages and the arches and everything, I mean, Carly looked at me in the middle of the thing, and she looked at me, and she's like, Gene, this is not sustainable. Yeah, like, nope. Right? Usually we have those talks in the walk-in. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I, and, and I went home and I thought, yeah, 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 we're way over our head. And so I immediately put out the call, like, we need more bodies. We need more people. We need runners. We didn't need that before, but we needed people around. And I just asked everybody. And I called Eric Brune, and Eric's like, you know what? At 5.30 at night, when you guys are setting up, is my lowest sales hour of the night. I have a whole team of people waiting for the onslaught. I'll just give you one or two of my staff members for an hour. That's fucking oh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Like, right? So yeah. that's the kind of stuff. Yeah. Hey, Billy, call Eric from SoCo for help with juicing at four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So that, that, oh, that so there's crazy. an operational thing. Like we'd like to get this to run more efficiently, and, yeah. and we're going to get there. Yeah. And then the other thing, I'll I'll answer this, and then Carly can give her point of view. But we but we want to. The word um, experience came up today in our meeting, and 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 I think that we want to make it even more of an experience. When people come to Great Barrington, yes, they drive by, they go, what's going on? But we want special stuff to happen every week, something mm -hmm. that you didn't expect, some person mm -hmm. go around the corner, oh my goodness, did you see that? And, and, and we want to sort of expand the width, the breadth 
of the kinds of performers that we had. I mean, we had Buddha, Buddha the Great. Yeah, that was awesome. Was yeah. awesome. And then we had a flamenco that. dancer, and then we had a modern dance company, and then we had a guy doing clown and and circus act. So we want to sort of expand the creativity of it, and and do sort of more and more so that people basically. And this was really the the this was really the very first pitch that I put together for Berkshire Busk. The first sentence said. We want Berkshire Bus to take its place alongside Tanglewood and Jacob's Pillow and climbing Mount Mo uh, Monument Mountain as a thing that you have to do in the summertime in the Berkshires. Mm. Like that's that's the goal. Yeah. So Preach. that that was my. So Carly, what's what's your <laughs> add to that? Yeah. It's like a day off. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be nice? No, but uh, yeah, I think just generally, just the idea of making sure that it remains. Fun. I mean, not only for everybody and for finding new ways to make it innovative and not just having it kind of blend into the background as one of those things that just happens here, making sure that it's still something that grabs your attention when you come down to Great Barrington, and also making sure that it's still fun for us by making it sustainable, because it is fun to put on an event like this. Like, sure. Besides maybe that one particular Saturday where I yeah. looked at you and said, I can't do this every week. <laughs> I always leave, you know, these, these events in a better mood than when I showed up to work, which I think is, is rare to say. Yeah. Well, that means you're doing something good. Yeah. You know, if you find something you love to do, you never have to work another day in your life. And uh, I'm glad you guys are on that pursuit and hopefully we'll continue that. So uh, talk to me about food a little bit, because you mentioned like some vendors in the streets and yep. that's something that. We've certainly talked about, not on this podcast, but has been a murmur of conversation in the Berkshires and Great Barrington for a long time of why don't we have more hyper-local, hyper-small businesses? Why don't we have more pop-ups? I mean, the first thing I've seen ever is uh, the hot dog stand, yeah. 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 which like that to me tells me we're we're moving in the right direction. The fact that you can get a hot dog in the street. Now, I don't, uh, we don't necessarily need the nuts for nuts guy on the corner. You know, and and Why this, not? I mean, I, I'd be down for a nuts for nuts. You're looking for a new job maybe, right? <laughs> You're nuts. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. But, and I know that the history of adding these things in is that the local businesses that are paying substantial rent for some of these locations, yeah. myself included, um, full disclosure. Uh, like, you know, we don't want food trucks right? because that's going to take business away. And I see both sides. Yep. I see from the business side of like, look, we're here, we're drawing our crowd, that's fine, whatever, we do our business. Uh, but as you said, the data doesn't, data doesn't lie. More people are coming down. Are they thirsty? Yes, they are. They're going into Mooncloud. They're certainly going to Baba Louie's. Bizen, I don't think, has ever done this kind of business in... The thirty years, and 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 by the way, last year before before uh, Mama Lowe's opened, mm -hmm. last year in particular, that courtyard in the background was kind of sleepy. Yeah, we know that because our headquarters is right there. Yep. This year, once you've got a takeout barbecue place, the place is hopping yeah. all day long. So keep going with your question. No, though. so yeah. I'm curious, what are what are the vendors and what has that been like kind of negotiating with, mm. with the town and also the local businesses to kind of find a sweet spot? Because I think that that's amazing. And, yeah. and you think about the farmer's market is such a great event and it's one time, once a week, 
for this period and then once we hit fall once a month whatever it is and one thing i want at the farmers market is more food options i mean yeah. the, the yeah, farms are great and but we're also so lucky to have access to great food so often and especially during covid the farm stores popped off so now everybody is getting local produce every single day from their farm store um but what I want in this greater sc- scheme of the Berkshires being this yeah. food destination is I think we need to have less barriers to entry and have more availability. And you speak of Mama Lowe's, and the first time I met Buddha yeah. was at a gas station. <laughs> yeah, that was where they that was where they were before. Right. And yeah. I was driving to go play golf, and I saw smoke, and so I pulled over <laughs> and got into a conversation. We have a bunch of mutual connections. Blah blah blah. A year later, here he is popping up business. That's how I think we get great cultured foods into our neighborhood. That's how we're going to get a great Vietnamese place. That's how we're going to get a great Arepas place is because they were there in the streets making them because so many great cultures, cuisines, and food options start in the streets. Yeah. But it, it's been challenging. So I'm curious to know, A, what are the what are the groups that you've had come in? I want to be helpful in finding the next thing to pop up because I think someone, what a great story would be if someone said, we got invited to do a stall at Berkshire Busk. We got great feedback. Uh, our home bit takeaway business started to pop up. Next thing you know, we're opening a retail location. So it's so funny you bring this up. So first of all, I want to do a shout out here <clears throat> to, uh, to Liam Gorman, yes. who runs a company called CosQuest up in Pittsfield. I met Liam because he does these sort of scavenger hunts in shop, in stores. And he is this very innovative, he's got an app where people run around and he's really local supporter. And um, and I got introduced to him through Robin at Robin Robin's Candy and Robin said you should meet this guy. And so Liam single-handedly is managing all of the vendors. I mean, we, we, we engaged him over the winter and Liam, you know, we said to him, we've, like anything, we've never done this before. Do you think you could pull this off? And we let a couple of weeks go by, and we asked him to create a spreadsheet of the vendors and the weeks and whatever. And we had our first meeting with him, and he's like, well, the first week we have 10, and the next week we have 12, and the next week is yep. 5, but I think I'm going to get... I and mean, I looked at this, and I'm like, you get 10 vendors on the first week? So Liam has done a spectacular job. We have not brought food vendors. There's one vendor that was selling bare butter. I think you know those, maybe those guys oh, up yeah. in Pittsfield yeah, that... Yeah. that yep. Talk about a crack cocaine for adults. Oh, my God, that's so good. Yeah. So good. And there's a woman that makes little profiteroles, little cookies. But we we actually did have conversations about food over the winter. And you're a professional in this area. We kind of started rolling our eyes when people started talking about cooling, power, spoilage, food. Like, we, our heads started to spin and then we're like, okay, for this year, let's just do hard goods. Mm. You know, the, the artwork and and carved, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. The food thing, we, we kind of need a food professional. Mm-hmm. And we also need to, to navigate the restaurant situation. Because remember that part of the goal here was to fill up the restaurants. Yes. And so we don't want to basically do that and then say, oh, but by the way, we're taking it. So it's a, it's a delicate balance. I sure. Think I think we can eventually get there, but we need we need some expertise in this area because that was definitely a bridge too far. When we started thinking about that, we were talking with Chris Hale over at the Miller, the, I mean, who's terrific, and he, he's very open-minded. He's like, wow, we could do this and this. Mm-hmm. And then the reality of, of, of food is a lot different than a busker, and it's a lot different than selling T-shirts. Yeah, but to me, like, 
having some food options there that are quick and easy. And I don't know if it was, maybe it was even like the Christmas walk or something that Mm -hmm. Baba Louie's was selling slices outside. (laughs) And like, that was such a cool thing because it would be one thing if there were 10 restaurants on railroad street. And I, and I always, when I'm, when I'm making my vision, my vision of what you guys are trying to do is a combination of that New York city street fair paired with, I don't know what the street is in Burlington, but there's a pedestrian only street in Burlington that's packed with restaurants and shops. And if you go to one of the restaurants, you're like, Hey, table for two. And they're like, yeah, cool. Let's get your number. It'll be at about an hour and a half. (laughs) Right. Which Which is is great. Which by the way, I mean, when you went the other day for Baba Louie's, how long did it take? Yeah, it was about an hour to to do their their takeout. Right. So, so that's great. That means, and I know this from the business side, right. that businesses are actually overwhelmed yes. at this point. Yes. And and what nothing would be better for the businesses in Great Barrington yeah, to have two more restaurants yeah. where it is humming and you're popping into one place. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's yeah. okay if you if you're on a wait list, I have a lot of problems with people making five reservations for a given Saturday night mm. and then choosing moment of where they want to go because that hurts. Yeah. But it's another thing to be on the wait list for five different restaurants and somebody texts you. And then when you get the text right. from the other place, you're like, Hey, sorry, we're great to yep. the next person. So I think the business threshold is one is one thing to consider and checking in with the restaurants and saying, Hey, how is busking? Um, it, it's obviously creating more of a buzz in town. Are you at a good point? Right. Is it too much? If we were to add in a couple of other options or even snacky options, don't even go full slice of yeah. pizza, but Popcorn is the is the lowest end of that, right. but, but mm-hmm. something to be to be noshing on and and but I, I I would love to see a couple of new haven't tasted yet kind of things that are that are coming about mostly I mean, because uh, yeah. that that's my path to more more great well, restaurants. Honestly, like what I love about this conversation, and we really haven't thought about this. Is yeah, because you- it's such a different conversation than we were having when the festival was first starting, which is, my God, nobody's coming out onto the street. How can we get people to show up? But now you've it's now like, captured the audience. There's way too many. How do we go from here? And how cool, I'm thinking from a promotion point of view. Like I once went, I don't remember where it was. Uh, it was it was on the other side of the Hudson for like uh one of those festivals, it was an artichoke festival or a something festival, yeah, yeah. And, and right? And p- p- like tons of people and vendors, like it never occurred to me, but we could do, you know, if you wanted to do an arepa weekend or if you wanted to do a, a Vietnamese food, like it could, it, it, it could be a way to promote the busking event. Yet another idea, like yes. I was saying earlier today, keep being creative, keep coming to reasons... Like adding a food element would be really interesting, and again, like you're, we, we're we're going to rope you in to help us conceptualize this, and then help us really think about it and think about pitching it, because you know we want it to be a win-win. And I think you're entirely right. The restaurants, our perception is that the many of the restaurants are are on Saturday night in particular they're overwhelmed. Yeah, overwhelmed, and especially in a world that every restaurant is understaffed. So you're you're kind of right the supply and demand is is totally fucked in that in that you're you have more customers than ever before you're desperate for the money because you're like cool we're coming out of a a terrible time we'll take it yeah and yet let me tell you whatever that face was that you had on that one particular (laughs) night is what most 
employees in restaurants are feeling on a nightly yes, basis. Yes, yes. Nightly basis. Just worn out, depleted. No, no, look at I was I was at Mooncloud late on last Saturday night and I was chatting with one of the one of the servers who said to me, Well, our buser didn't come today and like we're just dying here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because all it takes is one person not to come. And the whole thing is out of tilt. And by the way, like with this whole conversation, I think this is one of the reasons why the busk has been going so well is that, you know, Gene in particular has been so good about even talking to our staff saying, listen, we're just starting this. Like, we're not assuming that we know the best way to do this. If you have ideas, let us know. Like we got the chalk from a survey. Like we've run yeah. things differently because our staff has suggested that we run things differently. What about starting with the... I mean, I never like to add another thing to the to-do list for <laughs> for busy people. Yeah. But <laughs> I wonder if you started with the local businesses that offer, have some offering, okay. saying, we now, uh, the town is now permitting you to go ahead and serve something off the street. And so, like like this pizza by the right, slice. Right, right, so right. Baba Louie's now has a pizza by the slice. And that then cuts their their need to fulfill table service over and over and over again tenfold. Great, we've now done that. Mooncloud can go ahead and serve poke bowls in little yeah, yeah. in little cups or whatever. Sure. And Who, the people that are is, is, is it, listen, hand rolls at a BZ. Hundred percent right. And also, you know, actually Eric Brune did this because they have a, a standalone refrigerator. And they put the refrigerator out on the street with pre-made cups. Yeah. And they're like, you don't want to wait on the line? But anyway, let's brainstorm about this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we got, you know, we're going every weekend now through September 3rd. So everybody let's listen and come. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, like, let's start brainstorming about this for next year, because yeah. th- that's that's exactly the way this project is going to grow. Yeah. And it's going to bring more, more and more people for for to go back to the busking. The thing that makes buskers most happy is they get tips. And the only way to get tips is if people are here. And I feel personally, I mean, one of the other great things about the festivals, the performers that we've met, so many of them, they're just so great. They're just so great people. They're so, like that for me, when the night is over, I've met all, I've met these great, and they're grateful that they've performed. And then you see them perform and they're awesome. I feel personally a little guilty when somebody's performing and they only have two or three people and I'm like, Oh God, we invited them here and it's a festival yeah. and they're yeah. not, they're only, so we, in order to make it worthwhile for everyone, the more people that come downtown, the more people that are standing around, it all feeds on itself, pun intended. Yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> out of curiosity, what is the range that are, that you're telling people that they could make in tips or have you gotten any feedback is it it, are are performers that have performed once being like sign me up i'm coming back oh my goodness so so (laughs) first of all we have we did just this past week we did a survey of all of the buskers that have performed this year so far we'll do another one at the end of the year i don't know the number it says you know what's the likelihood that you would want to come back next year on a scale of one to five I think 97% were five. Great. Like they all want to come back. Great. Great. I mean, I will say that we don't, I I feel it's a little invasive. That's fine. To ask the, no, I don't mean the question. I feel that it's invasive for me to ask the buskers like at the end of the night, how'd you do? But I will say that there's a very talented, I I won't say her name because I'm going to say numbers, but there's a very talented young performer who was at the triplex 
Barrington Courtyard one night, and awesome, I mean, terrific performer. And she came to me the next day, and she said, I got $250 of tips. And I'm like, wow. I, most people don't tell me, but the, 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 you can make a decent amount of tips, and those are all in fives and twos and ones. Yeah. And so. Mm-hmm. People will show the love, but they have to be there to see it. Yeah. I will say, too, there's been at least two performers who have, you know, we only really hear the good things right. from them, thankfully, but we had at least two performers write in and go, hey, at this location tonight, uh, someone tipped me a $100 bill, so anytime you want me to go back there, I'm more than happy to. <laughs> yeah. Right, the $100 tip is not unheard of in this town. Yeah. No, it is not. Yeah. And you know why? Because we have a very interesting community of people at both ends of the spectrum. And I love nothing more than my, when my customers who are very wealthy say, tonight's meal was worth so much more than what you charged me. Yeah, nice. And I want to make sure that your entire team knows how grateful I am to have this in my backyard. Wonderful. I mean, it, it yeah. because... <laughs> we, we, Rafa and I, I don't know, were we working last week when we were talking about this? We were wondering if you could, no, we were swimming actually, yeah. swimming at a friend's pool. And we were talking about, wouldn't it be cool if you could have a, like a local price and then a non-local price? Mm. Because I, I joined the country club, right? I, I joined Wyantanuck last year oh, yeah. and I got in at a great rate because I live within you know, yeah. 10 miles, like permanent location was within 10 miles. But if you're a weekender, it's like 10x right. on what I pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, wouldn't that be cool for restaurants where there is a clear difference? And we spoke about it with Matt, who, yeah. who said, you know, we offer a 20% discount to farmers because I feel like it's wrong for me to have a business that I can't, right. that people that make food can't afford the food that I sell. He's like, and I, I wish I could do more, but like, right. that's, that, that's a hard line. And I'm in the same boat that, and that's part of the reason why we do the tacos and the regular service yeah. to be like, look, you got a family, come on down, no problem. Look, the regulars, come on out on a Sunday. Like, we'll we'll be there for you, and they're there for us year in and year out. Um, but the the attention and the tourism and the boosting economy that we yeah. have going here is great on paper. But how do we how do we really? I can't charge thirty five dollars for a burger, right? You know, and and do you know what people would say about me if I right, tried to charge right. thirty five dollars right. for a burger? Yeah. But you know what? Half of the people that come to Cantina would happily pay $35 for a burger. So how do you make that discrepancy? And look, it's an age old, it's an age old. I mean, Danny Meyer wrote a book about this, right? (laughs) I mean, it's, 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 there's no right answer except for experimenting. Yeah. But I think the big, for me anyway, the big interesting thing about this conversation in particular is I really never thought about the angle of food as another vector to bring people to an experience. Mm. And, you know, I've gone to all those street fairs in New York and I've done all that and, and, and it's so fun. And so I, I would really like to explore how, you know, how we could make that work. And maybe that's something that Liam can help us with or you could help us, but, but I would love to brainstorm it because it would add another layer of interest to the festival. It'll bring more people in. It certainly will, I think you're right, that it may very well help some of the restaurants Deal with the demand. Yeah, the pressure is intense. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yep. Carly, Jean, thanks so much 
Really appreciate it. If anybody who's listening to this has any questions or wants to hop in, whether they're a busker yeah. or want to be a part of the fundraising or want to be a part of potentially food, what would be the best way for them to contact yeah, just, you? We have our website, which is berkshirebusk.com. Also, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok at, at berkshirebusk. B-U-S-K. B-U-S-K. B-U-S-K.com. We'd love to hear from you and and listen. Thanks, thanks to you uh, both for this. Has been really super yeah, fun. Yeah, great. Thank you. And that's what we want to do: stimulating conversations with interesting people about our community. So you guys checked all the boxes. Thank thanks you so much. Cheers. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Reminding everyone that we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts, and YouTube. Even though uh, had some technical issues last week, I fixed it. And, and make sure to start sharing, you know, if, if you appreciate what we're doing, please start sharing it around. Uh, I want to see, I want to see a lot of re, reposts, retags. That's right. I want to be walking down the street and, and hear, you know, some hoorahs if we can. <laughs> please do. Uh, leave us uh, uh, some nice reviews if you can on uh, Apple Podcasts in particular. That helps a lot. And uh, we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Show low.